conduit. How are you this morning? I know you're afraid right now. You're afraid that you're looking at the time. <laughs> you know that when I get up here, it's a while. So <laughs> we'll just kind of leave you guessing as to how long we've got uh, to go here. Who's one of those people that when you, um, when you get hungry, um, you get, well, I, I think everyone has this kind of, that we call it hangry, right? You get hangry. Who gets, okay, how about this? How about, um, okay, loved one, <sighs> yeah, I am the worst offender, let me tell you what. Um, yeah, I, I, let's, let's do it this way. How about spouses or people who live with people, who are the people that you live with that get the hangry? Who has a hangry person that lives with them? Okay, um, so uh, I've got some Snickers bars for you this morning. All right, so um, here you go, Jillian. Um, uh, who else? Anyone in the back? Pete Johnson. Pete Johnson is a savage. All right, here we go. Um, and I have one awkward Snickers bar left. Who gets really hangry? Santa Claus, way in the back. Oh. That was awkward. Sorry, Sydney. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Um, no, we're not gonna. I, we're not gonna take a lot, a lot of time this morning. Um, do you know this is a, was a um, a special, a special morning uh, for us here as we uh, celebrated and heard some of the testimony of what God did um, and what God is continuing to do through uh, the members of the that went uh, to Honduras. I've, um, I've been to Honduras a few times and, uh, you know, and several mission trips. And I know that a lot of you have been too. And sometimes I think the question is, do you go on a mission trip um, because um, of uh, what you want to do or because of what God wants to do in you, right? There's this like dichotomy um, when people come back from mission trips, they, there's this, like, this, this stark reality that normally what you hear most of is what God did in them, right? There was a change that happened in them, and not even necessarily a grandiose, by worldly standards, story of what God did through them. And so the question, do you go on mission trips um, to be a change, or do you go on mission trips to get changed? And I, I would say the answer is yes, right? Um, and and if we 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 can't uh, we can't deny, um, and we can't think less of the work that God does in us when we serve. All right, whether it's in Jamestown or whether it's in Honduras or whether it's in your own home, right? When you, when you serve, 
Um, God, God does something in you. God, God changes something in you. And if you, are, if you are willing to be changed, if you are willing to be a vessel, if you are willing to be um, a person whom the Holy Spirit can use, God will use you, but he will also change you. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful, you know, as a, as a leader to see uh, 22 people who were changed, right? Knowing that, it's, that it is changed people who change people, right? It is, this is, a, this is something that we preach all of the time here. It is, it is disciples who disciple, right? And it is disciples who make disciples, and, and we, can't, we can't make disciples anywhere. We can't make disciples in our homes. We can't make disciples in our cities. We can't make disciples anywhere in the world if we ourselves aren't first being discipled by Jesus himself. If we're not, if we're not following Jesus closely. If we're not, if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to, to transform us. To be, to be for us um, everything that we need. Um, you know, our, our series uh, during the Christmas season is, um, you know, the Target commercial. Oh, what fun. Oh, what fun. Celebrating the fun things about the season. And uh, yes, we do dress like this every Sunday. If you're um, a, a visitor with us this morning, if this is your first time at Conduit, um, just dress like this next Sunday, too. <laughs> Uh, everyone, <laughs> um, and uh, what, what we're doing is we're just celebrating all of the things that, that we believe we have to celebrate, all the things that are fun about the holiday season, the people, right? The gifts last week. This week we're celebrating, we're celebrating the, how fun it is um, to eat good food, right? And it seems like a, uh, maybe a, a strange thing to preach about or to talk about, the celebration of food and why, what, what it is about food, what it is about the season that is so fun. Um, you know, I, I shared a story a couple weeks ago when, when preaching about the people that we, um, that are around us during Christmas, about my, my grandma's home growing up. And um, one of the, the most fun things about that Christmas celebration every year when we would go is we would have the same food. It was reliable. It was dependable. It was not really that good. I mean, some of it was good, but it was really the nostalgia of knowing that you were going to have the same thing every year that made it, that made the experience of food satisfying and whole, right? And, and think about that. Think about, um, uh, you know, the Snickers bars were a little bit of a joke, right? But think about how perspective changes, relationships change, attitudes change, um, true contentment and fulfillment in an experience changes when you're either hungry or you are fully satisfied. How much of, how much of life changes when you go from a when you go from a state of being like i got to eat something now or someone's gonna die <laughs> right 
to being like, oh, I feel so much better now that I am fed. How much of life changes, right? And even if the food isn't that good, that, 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 feel, that, that, that feeling of being filled does something to your whole self that really changes the whole trajectory, right? And I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that, that Jesus, um, Jesus did, did miracles that were, that were directly related to feeding people. Food. About taking a whole crowd of people in John chapter 5. Taking a whole crowd of people. I'm sorry, John chapter 6. Taking a whole crowd of people, 5,000 people, right? And the disciples come to him and say, say, Jesus, these people are hungry. What are we going to do with them? And, and Jesus says, why are, you, why are you asking me, right? What, these people are hungry. What, what are you going to do for them? And, and the, really the question, I think, um, maybe the question that comes up in my mind here in this instance is, why was Jesus concerned about the hunger of the people? What was, what was, the, what was the big deal? And we can get into a lot of reasons and a lot of explanations for that, but we do know um, in other parts of Scripture, for instance, in Matthew um, uh, Matthew chapter 25 and the parable of the sheep and the goats, which Pastor Corey preached on uh, a few months ago, that it was um, that, that Jesus' words were, were focused on the necessity of true disciples of Jesus Christ to feed those that were hungry, to clothe those that were naked, to visit those that were in prison. And, and, and we could... We, we could postulate theologically for a really long time about the the um how those are metaphors and uh and analogies for spiritual conditions the reality is is that many times in scripture jesus flat out just met, met physical needs and then left without any without preaching into those physical needs any any deeper spiritual meaning because there is something deeply spiritual about meeting someone's physical needs there is something, something deeply spiritual about, about taking a condition that a person has that is really reorienting their entire focus and their relationships and, and their attitude and, and fulfilling that and meeting that. Ask anyone who's hangry if that's true. And, uh, and Jesus, Jesus was a man that believed that. Jesus was a man... Um, Jesus was a man that did that. I, you know, I think that there are lots of reasons for that. And um, not going too far into them this morning, I will just say, I will just say this, is um, that I believe that when physical hunger is satisfied, um, the walls that people have up and around their lives come tumbling down. There, there is an incredible openness and vulnerability and fellowship that happens around a table. When hungry people are, when physical, no, not, not spiritual metaphor, right? When, when physically hungry people are fed 
physical, actual food, right? Their, their whole life changes. Their perspective changes. Their relationships change. The way in which they have conversation with you changes. The way the, their focus changes. Everything changes in that moment where their needs are met. And it's funny, uh, it's an interesting um, thing that the church in America has done is that we, we've, become, we've become very um, we've become very selective in who we feed and when we feed and how we feed them. See, hunger, um, hunger in Scripture um, was never uh, about or never just for those who could not provide food for themselves. We've made, a, we've made a, a good habit out of saying, well, you know, um, we'll feed poor people because poor people can't afford to feed themselves. But if you, you know, if you have a job and you, you should, I mean, like, you should take care of yourself. Right? You should be um, fulfilling your own needs. And I, I'm not going to take care of your needs if you can take care of them yourself. And in in some cases, I think that Jesus would have some words for us on that. There is also this deeply held uh, principle within Scripture. Um, this deeply held principle within Scripture that when we feed someone, when we meet their spiritual needs, the walls of their lives come down, vulnerability open, and we have... Uh, an opportunity, maybe for the first time, to meet who the real and true person is that is in front of us. And of course, um, as people who follow Jesus, our desire is that we have opportunity to share with every man, woman, and child the hope that we have in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And many times that's not, that, that opportunity is not available if their stomachs are growling. Jesus says in John uh, chapter 6 when he's talking, uh, he talks to um, uh, after the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 there's always this, there's these big questions about what Jesus thinks about food and his attitudes around food and, and not, not to share the whole story but in John chapter 6 verse 35 Jesus declares, he says I am the bread of life and he who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty that certainly there are physical we we all have physical needs you know i did some research this week you can go roughly about three weeks with no food right a couple days without water but if you have if you have if you have no food at all you've got about three weeks Right, there's, this, there's this thing that happens in your body when you don't, when it's, not, when it's not nourished, death comes. And did you know that sometimes you can, you can actually eat, you can, I'm sure this is news to everyone, you can actually eat things that will kill you, right? That's, <laughs> I know, I went to seminary for that, uh, let me tell you. <clears throat> <clears throat> you can actually eat things that kill you. Maybe you eat 
um, you eat too much of something and it kills you, or you eat too little of something and it will kill you, or simply you just eat the wrong thing and it will kill you. And what Jesus does here in John chapter 6 is he tells uh, the religious leaders and even his disciples that for many, 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 many years and for many, many, many times, and maybe you and I have at times um, been trying to, to satisfy, right, the spiritual hunger of our lives as Jesus, uh, with what Jesus calls manna from the desert, right? And we eat 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 and we wonder why there is still this deep spiritual hunger down in the pit of our souls, right? We consume all of the spiritual things that we think that we need, but in the end, we're just, we're just eating things that end up killing us because what Jesus says, is, he says, until you, and he uses this analogous uh, analogy, until you eat. The real bread that comes from heaven. You will only be eating things that will kill you. And then he says, he, he, he amps it up a notch. He says, I am the bread of heaven. Until you, until you eat of my body, until you drink of my blood, you will not live. You will surely pass away. But he says in verse 40 of chapter 6, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. Verse 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. There is, there is a meal that you can eat that will satisfy every spiritual whole every spiritual hunger, every, every depth of emptiness and despair and hopelessness that you feel, every, every darkness that you think is too dark, every cobweb that you think is too big, every skeleton in every closet that you think is too scary for anyone else to find out. Jesus says, when you, when you come to me, when you feast upon me, you will never be hungry again. You will never be thirsty again. You will never be hopeless again. Your, your despair, I will, I, I will wipe away your despair. Your, your sin and your darkness, I will separate you from your sin as far as the east is from the west. I will, uh, um, the, the word says that, that he will remember your sins no more. He will put them at the depths of the sea, up at the highest mountaintop. He will, he will fill you. On a morning that we, uh, we come together and it's, um, you know, we're, um, we're not, uh, we haven't, Conduit has not made um, a reputation on um, doing, I don't say this um, pejoratively, traditional church things. I mean, we just haven't. I think you all know that. Um, but, but today we, uh, we're going we're gonna to share in a family meal. Some have called it a potluck. Some don't like that word. Um, but it is what it is, right? Uh, we're sharing in a family meal uh, downstairs. 
uh, because we believe that what happens around the table is important, both for our physical bodies, but also for our spiritual selves. That you may come here to eat a physical meal and to get fed and to get full. And man, I hope you do. I hope you have a great meal downstairs. But I hope even more than that, that you do not forsake, that you do not ignore the spiritual grumbling in your soul. And that you choose to hear the words of Jesus this morning when he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus will satisfy, Jesus can satisfy that need in you and for you. Jesus wants to fill that Jesus wants you to get full on him this morning. We hope to be able to serve that up for you. <laughs> to flip-flop back and forth between metaphors, right? This is a place to get fed. Don't walk away full because the banquet is open. The table, there is a seat at the table for you and whether you planned this morning to stay for the meal you're invited and yes i mean that both ways you're invited you're invited to get fed this morning um i'm going to pray for us as we close this morning we're not going to uh, we're not going to close in worship as we, as we normally would this morning. We're going to close in prayer. Um, there, uh, of course, the, uh, the offering bucket there is in the, is in the back for um, those of you who have tithes or offerings this morning. Um, the, the prayer in closing will be both to close our service, uh, but it will also be as uh, grace over the meal, okay? So... Um, Go right downstairs, get your meal. Uh, you don't have to wait for the pastors. Uh, don't wait for anyone, right? Uh, well, like your family and stuff, wait for them. But um, you know what I'm saying, right? Go right downstairs, get a meal, grab a seat, make some friends. You're not allowed to sit with anyone that you're sitting next to in church right now, unless it's your, like your spouse, all right? Um, make a new friend, meet someone new. Um, uh, I'm going to remain up front here. Um, if you're hungry this morning, if you're hungry, if there is a, if there is a, a hunger in your soul, um, I have a meal to share with you. A meal, a meal that will leave you fully satisfied. And so I would invite you to come up afterwards and, and, and talk with me and we can pray. Um, and uh, we want to get you fed. We want to make you whole this morning. So let's pray. Dear uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you for um, just what a, you know, what a fun, a fun place to be and a, a fun um, time it is be here this morning and to hear about what you're doing um, 
in Honduras, Lord, and what you're doing in, these, uh, in those 22 people's lives who gave, you know, gave their vacation time and their holiday time, Lord, to go down and, and to be changed and to elicit change. Father, and we don't know, we don't know every detail of the future um, for Conduit's relationship in Honduras. We don't, we don't see things perfectly. Uh, we have blind spots, Lord. Uh, Father, but we know that you see everything perfectly and you know exactly um, what needs to happen. You know exactly who you need us to be and who you need us to support and what you need us to support and what we should get behind and what we should. And so, Lord, we just trust in you to lead us, um, to guide us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Uh, to the people and places who are doing your work already in Honduras, that we might partner with them in a way that will change lives there. Father, we believe that when disciples are made anywhere, it's a win for the kingdom. And we're about the kingdom. We're not about conduit, Lord. We're not about this place. Lord, may conduit, Father, may we fade into the background of what you are doing to build your kingdom. Lord, may we forever be, may we ever, forever be a force for disciple-making in the kingdom of God. No matter what it means for public persona or public opinion or size of our attendance or size of our bank account, Lord, let us be used by you. Let us be spent by you, Father for the sake of every man, woman, and child, not just in Jamestown, not just in New York, not just in the United States, but everywhere where there is a man, woman, and child, Lord, because every face has a name, Lord, and every name matters to you. We are not bound up by physical boundaries, Lord. We are not bound by, um, by boundaries around our around our countries or nationalities or language, Lord. We, Lord, you're building your kingdom. And your kingdom is eternal. And your kingdom spans and passes over and breaks through every boundary that man seeks to set. And so, Lord, give us discernment in how we can be a, a people who make disciples everywhere we go with everyone we see and every opportunity that we have. Lord, for those who are spiritually hungry, we pray that you would, as your word says, draw them close to you, Father. That they might feast on Jesus Christ, that he might fulfill every need, every every aching, every hunger of their souls. Father, bless our meal as we share it together. We thank you and praise you for the opportunity, Lord, to share this meal, Lord, and we pray for those now in our city, Lord, who are hungry. Lord, may we forever find ways to alleviate that hunger whether physical or spiritual, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.